Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Matt Perino here, joined, as always, by my tag team partner, Ryan Talbot, for a massive edition of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast on this week one of the NFL season. We are so excited. We have a absolutely jam-packed show for you tonight. We're obviously, as always, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Whether you're celebrating at home or away, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. Hit them up this weekend. Bill's Mafia, you're going to be excited to get in here. And honestly, Ryan, we're excited to get this next guy in here. Mr. Adam Shine, CBS Sports, Sirius XM Radio. You can find him pretty much anywhere you consume content. Mr. Adam Shine, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. I got to tell you, this is an honor, guys. I am thrilled to be here. I got my Get the Tables t-shirt on, and I I am fired up to be on the Shout podcast. This is what it's all about. Well, no surprise, Adam. We're going to start with your guy, Josh Allen. I was going back to 2018, and, and right after the draft, you had the Bills as your first winner for going out and getting your getting Josh Allen. And you said part of that was based on what executives were telling you about him back in 2018. So, between what the executives told you and what you knew, what made you what made you be one of those few analysts and experts that had Josh Allen being a hit in the NFL rather than a miss? Honestly, there were so many smart people who alerted me to Josh Allen. I'm not going to profess that, you know, I was sitting down and watching Wyoming football. But, you know, I, I had a running bet, actually, with an executive where I thought Sam Darnold was going to be the best quarterback in that draft. And my hot take in that draft going back to 2018, I liked them all. I thought all five quarterbacks were going to be excellent in that first round. So, you know, basically a hit on four of the five with Josh Rosen being the other one. But I thought Allen, dreaming. His athleticism, his arm strength. You know, there were a lot of smart people, including my friend Phil Sims, And we did a show together on CBS Sports Network. You know, you studied the tape. You looked at some of the receivers for Wyoming, and you said, okay, you know, these are guys that are not going to have a pro career. A lot of people, like Phil, thought that completion percentage conversation was, frankly, garbage and not called for. And I, you know, I knew some people who knew him pretty well, and I, I know that his work ethic is amazing. And I just thought that going to Buffalo, having that strong arm in lovely Western New York, it was going to be a, a perfect fit. And I, I love the guy, have a lot of respect for the Bills brass when they made that pick. I was thrilled that they went up and got him. You know, there were a couple of people who thought Cleveland absolutely going to take him with that number one pick, factoring in like Buffalo, the elements, and needing that strong arm to whip that football around. I, I love Josh Allen. I've had a great opportunity to have him on the show a couple times a year on, on Sirius XM, and you know, he loves Buffalo and he is worth every single penny. And I listen, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. 
I took a lot of heat when I said I love Josh Allen. I was all in. I said, this guy's going to be an MVP candidate. Best quarterback since Jim Kelly. I, I am thrilled that I was right about Josh Allen. It's funny you say that because I got back to the beat here just a few months after they drafted Josh Allen. And I went out to practice, you know, during training camp and, and the, as the preseason progressed, you know, I was like, I'm liking a lot of the things that I'm seeing here. And I got a kind of a lot of Homer uh, accusations thrown my way. I grew yeah. up here, grew up a Bills fan. And I'm telling you, I'm like, listen, guys, I mean, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things to like here. The arm, the composure, the way people talk about him in the building. I'm interested to know from your perspective, looking kind of in from the outside, what have been your impressions of how they've built around them? Because I feel like sometimes that's the thing that's not talked about enough is what teams do around the quarterbacks that they draft high. Well, Matt, you, you totally nailed it. And listen, for so many of these quarterbacks, let's be honest, right? It's circumstance where you have to go into the right situation. And sure, you have to have the talent and the work ethic and the drive and the physical tools. And obviously, that's something that Josh had. But, you know, Brandon Bean is is a gem. Sean McDermott is a gem. You knew you were going to have the right general manager, the right culture. You know, the you Brian Dayball calling the plays. I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets. And you know, it's not lip service. They paid attention to the offensive line. They paid attention to the wide receiver position. See a problem, fix a problem. I mean, even go back to the flirtations of the Antonio Brown. I mean, they they wanted to go out and get a big-time wide receiver. Stephon Diggs was the right guy at the right time. And, you know, the Bills deserve a lot of credit. Josh deserves credit, but you're 100% right. The, the organizational structure and supporting your quarterback – Compare and contrast that as an example with Sam Darnold and the Jets. You know, he had atrocious coaching, no talent, complete and utter chaos from the top to the bottom. You know, you you had all the whole mess with, you know, Adam Gaze the last couple of years. You know, you fire Mike McCagnan after he spent in the offseason. No continuity, a complete and utter disaster. And look, look at Josh Rosen. You know, they, they've had a first-year head coach who Steve Wilkes is never going to be a head coach again. So that stability from the Bills organization, from the Pagulas on down, huge when you look at it for, for Josh Allen and his ability to shine. Yeah, and, and, you know, the Bills have built it up the right way, and every season since Josh Allen's taken over, they've gotten better and better. They went 13-3 and last year. Advanced all the way to the AFC Championship game. Obviously, in the AFC, they have to take down the Chiefs if they want to get to the Super Bowl. In your opinion, do you feel the Bills have closed the gap this offseason? Absolutely. I, I really do. I thought Buffalo had a really good offseason. You know, I wanted them to draft the running back. I, I thought that Travis NTN was going to be the pick after I talked to Brandon Bean before the draft on my SiriusXM radio show. Obviously, he was off the board, and Rousseau was, was a really strong pick. I think the defense is better. You know, I thought they did a good job in the offseason with the draft. Um, I'm banking on on growth from a guy like Ed Oliver. You know, I thought the defense, and you guys know I'm always high on the Bills. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great last year. I think they can be better. I was almost a little perplexed that they were decent, not great, when you look at the defense because they have talent. And, you know, I think Leslie Frazier is a great coordinator, and I think Sean McDermott's a fabulous head coach. Obviously, you know, built his reputation on the defensive side of the ball. So, I think they've closed the gap. I loved the Emmanuel Sanders pickup, and I had Brandon Bean on my show to talk about that. He's wanted Sanders in Buffalo for a long time. I And I love, and I'll quote Phil Sims again, when you have a receiving core that's built like a basketball team, and you have, in essence, a point guard, and you have a center, and you have different guys that have diverse skill sets, and you look at Sanders and Diggs, who's a legit superstar, and Beasley, I'm kind of obsessed with what Gabe Davis brought to the table last year. So continued growth from those guys. And, you know, even Diggs and Allen, you talk about Ryan closing the gap. I mean, I talked to Stephon Diggs about this after the season ended. He didn't play a home game in front of Bill's Mafia. Like, I think these guys, you know, 2,000 people for the playoff game against Baltimore, but they didn't play a regular. They're going to feed off of that crowd. So I'm a little concerned about the running back position. I thought Singletary's going to have a better year last year than he did. But, yes, I, I thought they did a really good job closing the gap. And, 
You know, if that pass rush is what I think it's going to be, even though give Brett Veach and the Chiefs credit, they saw a problem, fixed problem with the offensive line, I definitely think, and I'm picking the Bills to to win the Super Bowl. Listen, I, I think that they have absolutely closed that gap. And listen, I'm going to go to Buffalo, jump through a table. Josh Allen told me on my Sirius XM radio show that he's going to light it on fire and jump through it, Bills Mafia style. So I'm taking the Bills over the Rams for the Super Bowl. I'm fired up about it. Do you Are you a wrestling fan? Were you ever a wrestling fan? You know, back in the day, man, but not, back, I, I right? don't know anyone, anyone. Me right. either. I was way back in the day. Tommy Dreamer was a big ECW guy back in the day. He went to WWF for a little while or WWE, I guess. Um, he's actually coming to Buffalo because they raised enough money for a charity to put one of the famous Bills fans through a table on opening day. <laughs> that was his big thing back in the day, throw people through the table. So, you know, it's it's going to be, I tell people all the time, I do the national radio shows and they ask me like, can you put into perspective what this thing's going to look like? And I'm like, here's the best I can do. You know, one of the big storylines right now around the team is the the new stadium and, and do going through all those discussions and how the, how is this thing going to look? They want to build a new one in Orchard Park because there is no way to renovate a 50-year-old stadium. I mean, it's yeah. falling apart. After this opener, it's really not going to be able to be uh, <laughs> fixed. You know, this thing is going to be falling down. This place is going to be shaking. It's going to be pretty insane. Insane. Listen, I think Buffalo is special, and you know, it's. I went to college in at Syracuse, and my first three years after I graduated, I did the afternoon drive radio show. It was my first job at WHEN Radio, the all sports station, and you know, we carried the Bills games, and I would go up to the Bills games, and that's. That's really how I gained the appreciation of, of Bill's Mafia and, and the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, just going house, 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 stadium, house, house, house. I mean, it's it's the whole scene. It's it's remarkable. So you're 100 percent right. And this this Sunday, my goodness. I mean, that I mean, Ryan's face is, is perfect right there. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to be a scene like no other. I I can't wait for the season opener. For I'm going to let Ryan get to the next topic here. But before I do, funny little bit about Stefan Diggs. Uh, he was asked about the excitement of the fans this weekend. And he said, I don't know. There was 6,500 in the in the stadium against the Colts in the opener last year in the playoffs. He's like, I, I made it. I, I tried to make a play in the first first quarter, got the fans in, in pumped up. He said he, he at the next play, he dropped the ball. He had to drop early in the game because he was too hyped up. So he said he's going to let other people do that. Go ahead, Ryan. All right. So you mentioned or we mentioned that the Chiefs being one of the main threats for the Bills. Who are some other AFC teams that you see the Bills having to contend with this season? You know, the only yeah, but for me, when I say the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl, I, I think, Ryan, the AFC is loaded. You know, and it's very easy to say Bills Super Bowl. Look, Chiefs are loaded. I, I think the Browns have one of the best rosters, one through 53 in the game. You know, and from the department of all politics are local, look, I think the division's going to be tough. You know, I think New England's back. People killed me last year, Patriots fans. You know, I, I guarantee that the Patriots are not going to make the playoffs. They, they were atrocious. Cover was bare. Cam Newton has been shot for years. Yeah, I mean, you remember there were some television shows that were doing Josh Allen versus Cam Newton in September. Am I really, guys? Like, is anyone paying attention? Patriots are back. I think Mac Jones is going to be excellent. So, you know, it's not going to be a gimme that Buffalo is going to beat New England twice. And Miami's good. You know, that's, that's an excellent coach. And Brian Flores voted him coach of the year. I'm not just a host with great hair. I'm also one of the 50 voters for the for the awards for, for the NFL. You know, I like Tua more than most. I thought they did a good job in the offseason at the wide receiver position with the draft and free agency. Wish they, for them, had a better running back too. But – you know, I think both those teams can win 10 games. I picked the Patriots to the playoffs. I did not take the Miami Dolphins. Heck, I think the Chargers are going to be strong this year. I have them in the playoffs. Wasn't for bad luck. The Ravens right now would have none at all. But, you know, I have them in the playoffs. But, you know, the AFC is loaded. I mean, you could have three or four teams now with 17 games finish above 500 and miss the playoffs. Seriously, like I'm concerned about Indianapolis. I think they're loaded, but, you know, three, four, five of their signature players aren't vaccinated. So that's something you have to take into conversation and consideration. 
Denver, I don't think, is going to be a pushover this year. They're strong everywhere except at the quarterback position. So I, I think the AFC is going to be very difficult. So, And Tennessee is my pick to win the South. I, I think Tennessee is an excellent football team. So I, I think I just gave you like eight teams to answer <laughs> that question. But I think that the Bills can't rest. And that was the thing when Josh was on my show at the beginning of – right before he signed the contract, at the beginning of, of the preseason, where, you know, he wants – home field advantage more than anything else. It's funny because I, I remember after the Texans playoff loss and I asked him what he learned and he gave like real solid specifics of plays and moments and running backwards for the Chiefs game. It wasn't anything other than getting home field, getting that one seat. So I think it's very easy for that singular focus of, okay, we need to make sure every practice matters, every play matters, every game matters. Matt, Ryan, I'm, I'm not remotely concerned about this team falling into the trap of the hype because I think from Sean McDermott and the leadership with Allen, this team's going to have a great singular focus because of my answer where if you, if you ease up in the AFC, you're, you're doomed. And I think the Bills are going to have that eye on the prize and – you know, they, they know how to navigate the choppy waters of now a 17-game regular season. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a, a great point. I want to back up, though, because something really interesting that you said, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into it, because something I've been saying now for a couple months is don't sleep on what this New England uh, defense is going to look like yeah. this year. I mean, I think Bill Belichick spent December last year after they played the Bills and Josh Allen threw for four touchdowns and Stephon Diggs had three of them. And he was like, I don't know. Come hell or high water, I am going to rebuild my front seven and we are going to affect the passer some way. So I have one of the Bills losses this year in my season for New England in New England. I think it's going to be a much closer battle than even Bills fans are anticipating. But you said something about Mac Jones there. You think he's going to be really good. Take me through your, your thoughts there and how good is he going to be and how quick is he going to be that? He's my pick for offensive rookie of the year. Not not necessarily the best quarterback of the five, but you know, big picture. I still think this will always be known as the Trevor Lawrence draft. But I mean, I I when there was the hype of Mac Jones in San Francisco, I thought it was legit because he was the most ready from Alabama to the pros, and you put him in Kyle Shanahan's offense with a bunch of of great players and great coaching, and Mac Jones is going to be ready to dance. Well, he goes to New England, and that's the same thing with Belichick. And, you know, he stocked the cupboard brilliantly, Matt, to your point. Defense, offense. I love the two new tight ends they brought in. McDaniels is an unbelievable offensive mind. So I think Mac Jones is going to be strong. I, I think that he's going to win a lot of games. I think he's going to protect the football. I think he's going to be more dominant maybe than some of the critics or the haters might, might think for Mac Jones. I mean, you know, people talk about Saban, and, and rightly so, I might add, and the uh, incredible talent they had in Alabama, he stepped up and made every single throw. Yeah, I don't know if he got enough credit for that. I think the Patriots got the perfect quarterback for them. Do you think the fact that they're so deep at running back and the fact that they can lean on that run game, especially early on in Max's tenure, is going to help him in terms of maybe taking the training wheels off sooner rather than later? Because if you have a good run game, the play action opens up, you get those tight ends involved. So do you think maybe that uh, running back roster, which, again, a lot of teams around the NFL, they don't, they don't carry so many talented running backs anymore in the NFL on, on a lot of these teams. Is that going to help Mac Jones get up to speed? Yes, absolutely, Ryan. I think so. And listen, I they've got dynamic and diverse backs. I mean, you know, they, they just traded Sony Michelle for a ham sandwich and, you know, it, it didn't even register. I mean, that's that shows you the depth and the talent and they'll have balance. And, you know, I just I think Max, one of those guys who can handle anything. I, I really do. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does in the division starting this week against Miami. You know, that's, you know, that's not an easy defense. But I also think, to your point, and something that Matt said earlier, this Patriot defense is going to be excellent. So Mac Jones walks into a situation where he's got a, the best head coach, in my opinion, in the history of sports, and Bill Belichick. They can run the ball with authority, and the defense is going to win games. 
So Matt can take a breath, and I still think he's better than people are giving him credit for. So, you know, I I, I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to be challenged. There are going to be three teams in that division that win 10 or more games. And, and, that, and I think that's noteworthy because Buffalo needs that one seed. And what Josh Allen said about getting that one seed, I subscribe to. You know, I think Buffalo could play with all the big boys, and they're the best team in the NFL. But making sure they take care of business in the division is paramount to their big picture success. Great, great stuff. Um, I am going to take this opportunity, though, to welcome somebody into the show. A little blast from the past for you, Adam. Uh, say hello to Mr. Steve Carlick. I'll explain about that uh, in a second. But a little reunion here of sorts. How are you, Steve? I'm fine, Adam. How are you? Do you recognize this from the Herald American back in the day? <laughs> I do. I, I sent a note back here. Uh, I think that's a centerpiece from when I was sports editor. Yes, uh, framed on your right. So, and this is one of the greatest things ever. I graduated college in 1999, and my first job, uh, I graduated in May. June 99, I was named the afternoon drive host of WHEN, the all, now defunct all sports radio station in, in Syracuse. And Labor Day weekend, there was <laughs> September 5th, 1999, Donna DeToto, who's still there, fabulous yep. sports writer, wrote yep. an incredible Labor Day feature on me. I, it's, I mean, Jim Bayheim's quoted. Eric Spitz <laughs> from WFAN is now my boss at Sirius XM. This meant the world to me. That's a picture from the – it's in Syracuse at the New York State Fair. Yep. And that was you. If I, if I remember correctly, that you were the sports editor in 1999. Well, it, it actually was my wife. Um, my <laughs> wife is, is a maniac on sports talk radio. In fact, when you left town, she was pissed for about three months. <laughs> uh, uh, she just loved it. And she said, you got to check out this guy. He's really good. And, you know, and, and I did. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know. I think I think in that story, if I remember correctly, somebody's quoted as saying you're going to go places, and uh, you have. So we were accurate back then, and we were accurate to this day. But uh, no, I, I I mean, my wife was literally pissed twice about programming changes in Syracuse when Tony Kornheiser left, uh, and and oh, when the you big left. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact. One of the TV, one of the radio stations had a promo when pe people calling up complaining about the programming changes, and I'm driving along the highway and I listen, and there's my wife on the radio. She's in the promo <laughs> <laughs> complaining. You got to tell her thank you for this. I I didn't realize that was the origin of it. That's awesome. yeah, yeah. All my good ideas come from other people, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to you know, tell everybody it, why that's a big lie in a few minutes. <laughs> here but adam thank you so much for joining us we're going to spend some yeah. time with steve i'm going to explain to everybody why he's on the show tonight um find adam all you don't need this but all of adam's work cbs sports network every night at 6 p.m eastern uh 9 to 12 every day on sirius xm adam so gracious for you for coming on my friend matt ryan steve great great to see you again adam great to see you and seriously you guys at, at the post standard herald american always treated me so incredibly well when I was there uh, from 99 through through 2002. So, you know, thank you seriously yeah. for everything. Oh, I'm glad to see your career taking off. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, guys. Take care, Adam. Bye, Adam. All right. So we got Mr. Steve <laughs> Carlick in the building. For, for those of you that don't know, Steve Carlick has been our fearless leader, our uh, editor for the past two years, two and a half years almost. And... Um, you know, has it's been awesome. You announced your retirement a few weeks ago. This is your last week. And I said, listen, we've we've spent so much time talking about this podcast. How are we <laughs> gonna send you off without having you on this podcast? So how you feeling, my man? This is there's well, first let me say this too before I ask you how you're feeling. This has been a really crazy week in Buffalo sports media. We've lost Marcel Louis Jacques to Miami. Matthew yep. Fairburn, uh, an alum of Syracuse.com. He's headed to New England to cover the Patriots. And uh, of course, you as well are, 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 are bidding you farewell. So it's been an emotional week, uh, but we, I want to celebrate all the great work we've done. How, how are you feeling? 
uh, a little adrift, but uh, feeling great. My wife kept me really busy today. I'm moving couches and doing all sorts of stuff, things that retired people do. But it's been, yeah, it's been a great ride. You know, uh, when you're describing the changes in town, it seemed like we picked a good week to put up a couple billboards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know that you guys can go to Top's Market without having to sign autographs now. You, you're, you're big people in town. And, uh, you know, but it, if, if Buffalo and Bill's fans don't want to hear about me, I mean, I'm, I'm just an editor guy behind the scenes, but, uh, they ought to know that, um, when they tune in and listen to you two guys, they're getting the real deal. You're not putting on some kind of like, uh, I want, I'm in the Buffalo market. I'm here for a little time. So my career can take off and go other places. The two, gentlemen that run this show, Matt and Ryan, and I think Sarah is in the background there. Um, they are hometowners. They they get and appreciate the dedication that fans have for the team, win or lose. And, you know, with all those changes going on, there's very little option, I think, in town. Well, some of the broadcasts have been around forever, but you two guys just are the real deal. You're genuine and you know your stuff. Um, I, I, you know, from my seat, one of the things that makes the show work is, is the, the collaboration between you guys. I, I was telling somebody earlier this week, it's like watching a Disney episode where there's this bouncy dog and then this really calm dog and you guys can figure out which is which, you know, it's. <laughs> Like a Chihuahua or a Great Dane, and wow, but they always you're gonna hit me with a Chihuahua. <laughs> you, wow. I didn't say it was you. I didn't say it was you. <laughs> but uh, but the the combination is terrific, and uh, you know I'm, I was proud to have worked with you guys. Uh, it's always good to go out on a great note, and boy, I sure feel like I have. But I got to ask you a question. Give me the details. Um, what? people have to do because now that I'm a civilian, I got to figure out how to get a shirt. Uh, do I have to go get a picture with this billboard or can I like Photoshop my picture into the, uh... <laughs> we, we put it up too late because you just drove to town recently. <laughs> yeah. It would have per been perfect. Come into town, take a quick, <laughs> quick, quick shot. I actually, um, I got a, a, a text from a friend of mine um in the professional sports world that didn't put it on social media but did go to the billboard and take a selfie and says i'm entered but don't don't publicize this so she, <laughs> she wants to win but we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what we can do maybe she'll be uh yeah but if for those that you don't know i mean ryan tell them a little bit about it we gotta it's been a big week for the shop podcast yeah. yeah, huge week. You know, uh, when, when Matt was telling me about this and, and Steve, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's kind of one of those uh, whenever you see those things, you think it's going to be like, you know, uh, William Matar and all these other people. And I never <laughs> thought there'd ever be a day that Matt Prino and Ryan Talbot would be on a billboard. But uh, there it is. We've had a, an overwhelming response. And, you know, Matt uh, came up with this great idea for this contest. Go snap a selfie with the shout billboard and you're entered to win. We have the Shout t-shirts that three lucky winners will get. And then there's a grand prize where you get to choose a wing spot of your choice. And Matt and I will come and join you. You know, I, I don't think Matt and I have ever turned down wings. So no. it's also you, you a don't win turn, for you us. You haven't turned down many free meals or, or and you vouchered for plenty too. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. So it's a win for us as well. But, you know, we're really excited about this. Matt, why don't you tell them where this is located? Yeah, so you could go if you put it in your GPS, two ninety one Sh Chicago Street, and that will get you to the exact location where it actually will drop you off, um, right beneath the sign. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny because they're doing some construction in the area, so a lot of the um, the selfies that we've gotten so far have been people that are navigating a big crane, uh, which is fun, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Let me see if I can get I'm trying to find um, the picture here, but I, I, I pitched this to you a while ago, Steve. What, what yeah. did you think when I first when I first said it? it probably sounded like, all right, what is this guy talking about here? No, no, I'm all about billboards. I, uh, I, uh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, you know, I I also when I saw you, you took a picture of yourself in front of it. And I, I you ever see Better Call Saul? 
Yes. <laughs> where, where he puts his own uh, uh, billboard up and then he stages an accident so that it draws news uh, coverage of, of his <laughs> billboard. I was like, hmm, maybe we should have thought of that, you know, but, uh, you this know, Ryan, right here, by the way, everybody, uh, the big <laughs> shot, you could see the uh, M&T building in the background and then Ryan and my mugs right there. Yeah. It's always Adjusted. a good thing when you, it's always a good thing when your pictures are that big and the word wanted is not across the top. <laughs> You know, you're you're good with these little jabs and one-liners. I don't. <laughs> when when Matt posted this yesterday, for those that don't know, Steve commented on. He goes, "We approved a sandwich board, not a billboard." So one of those <laughs> that had me laughing pretty good there, Steve. So yeah, laugh, laugh, laugh too. until the bill comes, Ryan. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I'm, anyway, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm free to we... be a little more liberal with the humor now that I'm not having to worry about getting fired. We'll have to bring you on from time to time to get your take on watching it from the new vantage point, which is going to be as a fan, because I yeah. hope that you still uh, want to follow the coverage and see what you help build. I wanted to give you a public thank you for not only all of your help, but over the last two years, but, you know, believing in us because, you know, coming here and you know, a very, very competitive beat and with some off the wall ideas, you've always been supportive of it. And uh, I wanted to make sure to say thank you. You're welcome. Can't say thank you enough. You're All right, Steve, we're going to get right. you out of here. Cause we got to go to uh, Pittsburgh Steelers week. Got to get okay, into it fellas. here. All thank right. So much. And uh, I'll talk to you before the Super Bowl. Sounds good. All Take right. Take care, Steve. Bye fellas. All right. Steve Carlick. Uh, I was gonna. I want to get through that without crying, so I did. That's great, you know. Because Ryan, I, I'm not kidding around there. Like at times, you know, you're in the you're in the the weeds with these people. You know what I mean? And it's and it's weird dynamic because I don't live in Syracuse. You don't live in Syracuse, but I feel like we have this relationship that 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 happens over time. That you know, to have them not be uh, that you know person at the other end of a, a phone call when something comes up or a question or an edit or whatever it's it's going to be tough but he's been great oh he's he's been outstanding it's always great to have someone that has your back no matter what when you have those ideas and he he's supportive of it he he even uh will, will modify the ideas and make them even better you know you can't say enough good things about steve and, and we are definitely going to miss him Speaking of enough good things, from hot to go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs to delicious salads and brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. Make sure you get there this weekend for the game. All right, we are going to move right along. We're going to get to our next guest uh, from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We're going to bring him in right now, Brian Batko. So gracious with your time tonight, Brian. How are you, my friend? Doing well, guys. How are you? Football is here, man. I mean, I'm I'm ready to cover a game with like a full stadium, and uh, it's it's going to be crazy. Are you coming up here for the game to cover it? Yeah, yeah, we're leaving around one on Saturday, so we'll have the uh, the afternoon, a little bit of the afternoon, the evening in in Buffalo, and yeah, guess we'll wake up early nice. and head over to the stadium. What's been your chicken wing recommendation? Are you going to get wings in town? Yeah, I've been to Buffalo a couple times, just like sort of passing through, never spent a night there. I've been to the Anchor Bar, been to Duff's, um, mm -hmm. but I've, I've heard good things about Elmo's Bar. Is that? <laughs> if Elmo's is the in the pantheon of elite wing places, so Elmo's, Bar Bill, you know, I'm a Duff's guy myself. Um, you can't go wrong, but Elmo's would be a, a great one. What'd you say? Gabriel Gate. Is that another one? Yes, it's very popular. It's not in my uh, my Mount Rushmore, but listen, who am I to say? You know, so many people have said it's it's really good, so I I, I would not shy away from that. Um, all right, we got a game to get into here. Ryan and I are going to pelt you with a bunch of questions here over the next 15 minutes, kind of right. get an idea from a Pittsburgh vantage point, you know, going into this game, what the expectations are, where this team sits uh, ahead of the opener. Uh, we're going to get into TJ Watt you know, obviously the big extension, but let's start with Ben Roethlisberger because I think what Ben Roethlisberger shows up in this game will really determine what it ends up being. I mean, I, I watched a little bit of him in, in the preseason. He looked pretty good. The offense seemed to be moving. He looked to be, you know, up-tempo, everything like that, what we've come to expect out of him. What are your expectations of Ben and this offense on Sunday? 
Yeah, Matt, he looked pretty crisp in, in two of the three series he played. Now, it was against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I don't think their defense is going to be very good this year. But, I mean, it was still an, an encouraging sign given all the, the new uh, faces and, and moving parts with the Steelers' offense. Uh, you know, Ben's become a little bit of a wild card here late in his career. I, I think that's why you don't really see him on many top ten lists these days when, when all the talking heads like to do their quarterback rankings. He, he used to be a staple in that group, now you see him more middle of the pack. I, I think he still can play at a high level at times. To me, it's the consistency. What when the Steelers went on that losing skid down the stretch last year after starting eleven and zero, his deep ball just was not there consistently. Uh, you know, he he struggled. I think there was a lot of wear and tear on his arm. Uh, you know, they had to lean on him a lot last season because they were the worst rushing team in the league, and uh, I think that slowed him down and, and it slowed down the Steelers' offense. So. Uh, my expectations of him are, are kind of tied to what they can do on the running game to help them out and allow them to be more efficient. Well, you know, Brian, you mentioned the word wild card in that, uh, talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Another wild card for that offense is, is the, that offensive line. It's going to be featuring two rookies, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, at left tackle and center. How do you think that line is going to fare against a revamped Bills defensive line on Sunday? Yeah, right. I mean, hey, the, they're starting uh, two rookies in, in week one, but at least it's against one of the best defenses in the league. At least it's at the two most position, important positions on the line. And at least they're a third and a fourth round pick. Right. So what's the worry about? Uh, yeah, it is. You know, if Ben is kind of the constant uh, X factor for this offense, if you will, uh, the offensive line is is right behind him in, in terms of uh, what this season is, is going to hinge on. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of these guys. How can you know? They've, they've never played together as a unit in the NFL. Uh, two, three-fifths of them have, have never even been regular starters in the NFL, and, and one of them is, is new to this team. So uh, th- I can see them coming out there and, and getting overwhelmed, quite honestly, uh, at, at 1 o'clock on Sunday. The Steelers are going to try to scheme their way around that, I think, uh, whether that means short, quick passes, which they did a ton of, last year, even with a more experienced line to keep Ben fresh and, and keep him healthy. Um, but, you know, maybe they can, you know, try to just scheme up some some different runs. They, their new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, he comes from the college game, fellas, where he was known for tons of misdirection, pre-snap shifts and motions. You're going to see a ton of that on Sunday. And, and maybe some of that uh, sleight of hand and, and keeping the defense's eyes off balance can uh, can help the Steelers generate some yards even behind a very inexperienced and unproven line. So let's shift gears to the other line. Bud Dupree out, Melvin uh, Ingram in. And, you know, I thought he looked really good outside of the weird number deal. I think it's going to take some time getting used to that. Uh, but TJ Watt signs his extension. Uh, depends on what kind of role, I guess, he'll play on Sunday. I'd imagine he'll still be a factor. What are your expectations up front and what this team is able to do in terms of generating some pressure? I think they're going to be able to generate pressure. I, I still think the outside linebacker position is, is one of strength for them, especially with Watt coming back. I, I'm not too worried about him being on anything of a pitch count. I get why some uh, Steelers reporters and fans are concerned about that. I think he's going to be able to, to hit the ground running. Melvin Ingram, for a, yeah, for a guy who didn't have any sacks last year, he's looked tremendous. Uh, in training camp and, and in these preseason games when he's out there. The latest on the injury front for the Steelers uh, is is in their front seven. Alex Highsmith, the second-year guy, was a third-rounder last year. There was a ton of optimism about him replacing Bud Dupree coming into this year. Uh, he was downgraded from limited to uh, did not participate today with a groin. Those are usually tricky injuries. So uh, you're going to see a lot of Ingram, I think, a lot of T.J. Watt, and if, if they rotate in, a third pass rusher, it's, it's probably going to be a Rochester native and Jameer Jones, who played at Notre Dame, undrafted, out of football entirely last year, guys. He was working at Champ Sporting Goods, Amazon. Uh, he was an intern for some digital marketing company. Now he gets uh, he gets an NFL shot again, and he's making the most of it. And you might see him trying to chase down Josh Allen once or twice on Sunday. Yeah, and you know those are the cool stories that that arise every now and then. The guys that are out of the league come back, and maybe they they make the most of it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about two of the rookies that the Steelers drafted this year on the offensive line. Early in the draft, a lot of draft experts thought the bill the Steelers, I should say, would go offensive line, but instead they went running back and tight end. Now, 
Najee Harris, I think the Bills are going to see a heavy dose of him. But talk a little bit about Harris and what you've seen from him so far. And then Pat Freermuth, I think he could be a legitimate red zone weapon for this Steelers team right out of the gate. Yeah, I think anybody who was criticizing their approach to the draft, you know, fairly at the time, uh, is even kind of eating their words a little bit after seeing both of those rookies in camp and in the preseason games. I mean, they've both just looked the part. Harris, I mean, from the beginning, you know, there's a reason why the guy was the, the all-time leading rusher at, at Alabama. He's, he's 6'2", 230, catches the ball like a receiver, uh, can can break tackles. They, they couldn't pass him up, basically, at 24, even as many needs as they did have and still do probably have on the O-line. They couldn't pass him up, and then they couldn't pass up Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. They, they haven't had... Uh, a really long-term, reliable tight end since Heath Miller way back when. So I, they, they think he's going to be that guy. Fryermuth has been catching everything. He's already been a dependable target for Ben Roethlisberger, although uh, Roethlisberger was mic'd up for that one preseason game that he played, and he threw two touchdown passes to Pat Fryermuth, and he told him after both, hey, they don't count yet. So uh, he's ready to <laughs> make some plays. Uh, in the regular season, uh, I would assume he will be a red zone weapon for this team, and uh, Najee Harris will be leaned on early and often. How much Fryermuth is is such an interesting storyline to watch with this offense because I feel like, you know, a lot a lot of similarities between the offenses. You know, obviously Ben and Josh get compared all the time, both deep wide receiving cores, and then it's about kind of those other weapons. And here in Buffalo, Dawson Knox, a third round draft pick a couple years ago, he's had trouble like keeping the trust because there's been some drop issues and something that he's been working on consistently you know how much of that that they haven't had a reliable guy there has been as the reason for that being that ben just hasn't trusted anybody in that spot yeah hate to hear that about dawson knox because my son's name is dawson so i oh. so i kind of root for the only dawson in the nfl to, to at least do something but uh, <laughs> it's the steelers tight ends i mean they, they did sign eric ebron Last year, uh, you know, they, they also still advanced McDonald, but he didn't have anything left in the tank in 2020. He retired after the season. Uh, Roethlisberger, he, he developed a rapport with Ebron, but, you know, there's a reason why he was a frustrating player in his two previous stops with the Lions and the Colts. Uh, he has some drop issues. Uh, that, that's not uh, going to endear you to any quarterback, but uh, it, it's just, you know, Friar Muth adds one more uh, arrow in the quiver. Ben uh, and they've got a good pass catching core to begin with I mean there's there's one ball to to go around I, I almost wonder how the Steelers manage to keep everybody happy between those two tight ends Najee Harris who's going to you know catch a lot of balls out of the backfield I think Juju Smith-Schuster who's back on a one-year deal he wants to hit pay uh, pay dirt in free agency Chase Claypool was a breakout star last year and Deontay Johnson led this team in targets last year going into his third season now James Washington's a guy who's already uh, further down the depth chart, he requested a trade in the preseason. I don't think the Steelers are going to do that. But uh, if, if Ben Roethlisberger can't, uh, you know, can't find people to lean on in, in this patch at, pass catching core, something really went wrong because they've invested a lot of draft resources and they've got a lot of talent there. Yeah, it seems like both offenses have more than enough firepower to make some noise this year. How do you feel that the Steelers' secondary, specifically at cornerback, is going to fare against Buffalo's wide receiving core? That, to me, is is the key matchup of this week, and, and that's what I'm writing in the Post-Gazette this weekend. I mean, stopping Stephon Diggs is, was, was not easy for the Steelers last year. In fact, they, they couldn't stop him. He had 10 for 130 and a touchdown and, and 7 for 92, and that score was in the second half. Now, they, they are going to have uh, Joe Hayden back. I, I believe he missed that game, but he doesn't usually follow guys the, the way Tredavious White might from the Bills. Uh, so that means, you know, you can get digs, some some mismatches. Uh, the, the Steelers parted ways with Steven Nelson, who was on him most of the time last year, and, and that didn't go very well. But uh, they've got an undrafted guy probably stepping into that other outside corner role in James Pierre. It's his second year in the league. He played almost entirely special teams as a rookie last season. Cam Sutton is, is mostly going to replace Mike Hilton in the slot. But uh, when they aren't in their nickel defense, you know, maybe he'll get digs. On the outside, so I, I think that is that's certainly an area to watch and an area where the Bills might be able to exploit the Steelers uh, unless they just, you know, really play a lot of Minka Fitzpatrick uh, helping over the top uh, to, to try to stop Diggs. But that means everybody else is going to have to shut down their man one on one, right? Hmm. 
Were you at um, the defensive coordinator's media availability today? I wasn't, but I went back and looked at a lot of his quotes. So I'm up to speed on that for you. Yeah. So I, I'm curious because, you know, I, I posted a, a quick blog post on some of the comments that came out of here. And I'm wondering if the context meets what he was actually saying. He was act, asked about Josh Allen and the comparisons. He made the comparison to Ben Roethlisberger, a young Roethlisberger and who liked to run, you know, over the course of his career and said, but there's dangers in running. And sometimes you pay the price. And I mean, if you could put some context on that, like, is, is that something where they're almost daring him to run a little bit? And maybe they can kind of not have to deal with him so much as a passer. Well, first of all, I'll say Keith Butler, the Steelers defensive coordinator. He's been here a really long time. He, he actually predates Mike Tomlin, not in that role, but with the organization. Uh, he whole preseason, especially he's been a guy who kind of just says what's on his mind. You know, he's a guy for, he's from, uh alabama i believe so he's got a lot of that just southern charm and then he'll you know, <laughs> call it like he sees it basically but uh, I, I would actually compare it more to you know the steelers have had quite a few run-ins now with lamar jackson and obviously lamar and josh allen are you know worlds apart in terms of athleticism but when you just talk about running quarterbacks and, and guys who can beat you with their legs the, the steelers have made a habit of when when lamar you know will pull that ball out and run an rpo they're not afraid to come in and hit him because, again, you're, you're treating him as a guy. If, if he's able to keep the ball and, and sneak out of the pocket on you, you you've got to go get him. So uh, they're very familiar with that aspect of it. Uh, I think that's all that Keith Butler was getting at there. Uh, it, it actually became a little bit of a controversy last year with the Browns to uh, somebody from the Steelers. I think it was their team captain, Cam Hayward said they, they want to make Baker Mayfield feel it when, when they get to him. So uh, I think it's just something you chalk up to the Steelers mentality and uh, not any sort of, uh, you know, we're going to come at you with uh, with some late hits game plan or, or anything like that. Brian, I'm glad you mentioned the Ravens. I mean, the, the team as of late has been snake bitten with injuries uh, from someone who covers the team. Do you feel that based on all these significant injuries that they're dealing with, that suddenly Pittsburgh's playoff odds are, are that much greater within their own division? Obviously, Cleveland's there, too. They're a contender in this conference. But with everything happening to the Ravens, it's safe to think that they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back here. Yeah, I don't know how that that can't change the calculus a little bit. I mean, coming into this season, I, I... – thought the Ravens were going to be able to, to get back on top in the AFC North. I, I still think Lamar Jackson is a guy who every team has to, to try to deal with and, and it won't be easy. But yeah, as these injuries keep mounting, I, I think that opens the door for the Browns to, to maybe win this division. It opens the door for the Steelers to, to maybe sneak into the playoffs as, as one of those last couple seeds. Because I kind of think that that's where they're going to be this year, right around 500 as they deal with uh, all these, uh, you know, reshaped pieces uh, of their team on both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, I guess this news, you know, you, you don't root for injuries, but if you're a Steelers fan, you got to think, hey, uh, we, we've got a little bit uh, of momentum or a window here. But I guess, you know, the Steelers, have, they've had their own injuries recently. I mean, Stephon Tuitt, uh, who had 11 and a half sacks last year as a defensive end, he's going to miss the first three weeks. Zach Banner was slated to start at right tackle. He's going to miss the first three weeks. So, uh, it's not like they've got a complete clean bill of health. Uh, they're, they're still gonna they're gonna need a lot of things to go right, I think, in in order to uh, stay division champions. All right, Brian, great uh, segment here. Before I let you get out of here, uh, are you gonna put out a prediction? Uh, have you put it out yet? Have you been asked about it on a radio show? Where are you at expectation wise for this game? Yeah, I think I gave my first official uh, prediction Sunday morning, so I got more than a week before. Uh, oh, wow. Sorry, yeah, on one of the stations here. Uh, I'll just stick by it. I'm going to go Bills 31, Steelers 17. Uh, I just, Like I said at the top, you know, I think the Steelers are going to have trouble moving the ball uh, behind this offensive line and against this Bills defense. Ben Roethlisberger was even saying yesterday, it was almost like the, the you know, uh, sandbagging a little. He's like, you know, we're, we're, there's, it's not going to be pretty early. There's going to be growing pains. We're learning on the fly. Like that tells me. <laughs> Maybe even he is is not that confident in uh, in the side by side matchup here. So yeah, I'll go uh, Bills by two touchdowns, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens on Sunday. I was going through some work of some people in the market, and I really like yours. I'm not just blowing smoke, and and I can see why now. My prediction is 34-17. So very like minded. I think that we're we're kind of in the same ballpark here, looking into this thing. Let everybody know where they can find your work this weekend, guys. I think you're definitely going to want to make sure you give them a follow on Twitter. So you're up to date on the other side. Well, yeah, thanks. It's uh, 
all of our stuff's at www.post-gazette.com. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Batco, B-A-T-K-O, down there at the bottom of the screen. So thanks for having me, fellas. All right. Enjoy the trip. Uh, definitely hit me in the DMs if you have if you need any recommendation. We are, uh, appreciate your time. Awesome. Yep. See you guys. Take care. All right. We're cruising here, Ryan Talbot. We're cruising. And I, I got to get better with the with the banners. Like sometimes I I get them on, I get them off. It's not always perfect. Um, but I, I, you know, I try my best. And, you know, someone that's coming on to help us with a lot of this stuff. She's going to, you know, before long here, take over a lot of the production side of things, which I'm pretty sure is going to be 10 times better within a week. Let's bring on Sarah Holland real quick. Let's see if she can uh, get into the chat here. And I got to add her back into the stream. Sarah, how are you? Hello, everyone. How are you guys? We are just cruising here on a Thursday night. Big game this weekend. You've been monitoring the chat. And what can you bring uh, to the show here from what you've observed? So I have seen many comments about the Bills wide receiving group and how successful they're going to be this season, as well as some continuity questions. I saw that Chris Spencer actually mentioned earlier on in the podcast that the driving factor for a successful season for the Bills is going to be continuity. And I think that to me brings up the question of can the Bills carry over their offensive success from last season? I think so. I think with Josh Allen and all of his weapons that he has on this team, this team's only getting better. I have high hopes. I think that there were going to be um, dominant offensively right from the get-go, right from week one. So yeah, I'm I'm have pretty high hopes for this team offensively. I think that this wide receiving group just gets better. One of the things, Ryan, here with this wide receiving group is they're set up to withstand the unforeseen. You know, most situations, most most offenses around the league, if you if you lose a guy the caliber of Stephon Diggs, and listen, it's gonna be bad if he goes down for an extended period of time. Don't give me don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But they're insulated a bit with talent to at least continue to remain competitive and arguably continue to produce at a high level. You know, I think continuity is important. I think knowing I think what we've heard from from Josh Allen and Cole Beasley the last week has been eye opening. You know, just some of the things about, you know, how much it's changed from year one to year three, just in what Josh knows that Cole is going to do on any given play that goes for Diggs too but if Diggs goes down you have Gabriel Davis you have Emmanuel Sanders you have Jake Kumaro you also have Isaiah McKenzie who if you have Brian Dable you can get creative with how you're going to use him so I don't think it's a I don't think that there's necessarily the same panic button because of the depth that they've created no I agree completely with that and listen if some you know you mentioned if something happened to Stefan Diggs what if something happened to Cole Beasley well you have Isaiah McKenzie who can play the slot you have Emmanuel Sanders who can play in the slot you you have all these built-in options like you mentioned and Isaiah McKenzie who you mentioned toward the end of your comment there he's a perfect example of, of what continuity can do for a player when he first came to Buffalo he was brought in pretty much to be uh, a return option maybe a gadget guy and last year, at the end of the year, week 17, he played in the slot. Cole Beasley was out, scored two touchdowns, looked unbelievable, ran crisp routes, had a lot of confidence. That's because his game has developed so much in his short time here in Buffalo, where now he's a legitimate contributor. And, and I think he could start on certain rosters in this league. So you're right. The, the Bills are six deep at that wide, rece- uh, wide receiver position. Brian Dibble is as creative as they come. So it, they're going to come out the gate fast, just like I th- Sarah said. They're going to add some new wrinkles to some of the plays that they had last year just to keep things fresh. Let's get back to the Steelers game. we are got about three or four minutes left uh, before we get out of here. Thursday night football, the NFL season begins in about a half hour here. I want to get everybody time to uh, get prepared, uh, get yourself something to eat, get yourself, uh, you know, you can go, to, you can run to tops. You got time. You got a 30 minute drive, 30 minute wait here. You make a quick drive to the local tops. Can pick up some really good stuff. I don't. The burger bar is probably still up. We got a couple weeks left of summer, I guess. Right. Um, let's get back to Steelers because I want to get into point blank what you think this game comes down to. I'll start. I think that it comes down to that secondary. I, I thought some of the insight that we got from Brian there is important because there's only so much that 
I think that this offense for the Steelers is going to be able to do against Buffalo defense in this game like you know I, i'm picking them to score 17 points i could see a scenario where they put up 27 28 points if the defense doesn't show up but the problem for me i can't figure out is how the steelers are going to keep the bills under 30 points you got to get a pass rush alex highsmith's going to be out ingram's been good tj watt's going to be there but there wasn't a lot of success on this defensive front last year. So you figure with a healthy Buffalo Bills offensive line, they'll have the five that they want to be going out there healthy. We'll get to another piece of this in a second. I want to talk about one more thing before we get out of here. But I think it's going to come down to, can this Pittsburgh secondary hold up? Can they get enough stops? Can they can they keep the Bills out of the end zone? I just don't see the, how they do it. No, I think that's a fair point. And I'm going to go with Buffalo's defensive line. Can they disrupt Ben Roethlisberger? That doesn't necessarily mean taking him down, getting multiple sacks, because we saw last year that Roethlisberger was very good in the short passing game, getting it out of his hands quickly, uh, not having to take those hits at the tail end of his career. But you have a guy like Greg Rousseau who has incredible length. So even if he doesn't get to the quarterback, can he get his hands up and bat a pass? Because good things can happen if you can bat a pass up in the air. You can create an interception. You can create an incomplete pass on third down and force punt I just really like this revamped defensive line in this matchup against a really inexperienced Pittsburgh Steelers line which Brian talked about you have a left tackle that was a draft pick in this year's draft fourth round pick you have a center that was a, a day two pick you have a right guard in Trey Turner who has some name value still but this is his third team in three years significant injuries one year ago and then you also have a, a right tackle who's been with the team since 2018 but only has appeared in 30 games so a lot of question marks on that line you still have jerry hughes mario addison uh ed oliver with big expectations we don't know about the status of star latula uh he was you know they didn't actually practice today but the designation would have been a did not practice uh in terms of what they put out so a little concern there but i, I really do like the edge rushers and i think that they can really uh create a turnover or two and help buffalo pull away late in this game i was I talking about oh go ahead yeah go ahead sorry i was just gonna say i was going to agree with you. I think that one of the keys for the Bills winning against the Steelers is whether or not Josh Allen can take advantage of Pittsburgh's secondary. Secondary, like like we've said this podcast, um, it's questionable. They're still figuring themselves out, and I really think that it's going to come down to can Josh Allen, you know, take advantage of them. And um, with that, you know, like I said, it's going to be damage offensively. One thing I want to bring up before we get out of here is something that I, I talked about on a, I can't remember whose show it was. It might've been danger and Bataglia in Rochester, but one thing that I I'm really going to be keeping an eye on is the health of, I don't want to say the health, but the, the conditioning of Deion Dawkins on Sunday, he seems to be back. He's been playful. There was that video out on social media with him kind of doing some wrestling moves on the tackling dummies and it, Everything looks like it's it's progressing in the right direction with Dion, but I I am concerned a bit about what he's able to do over the course of sixty minutes, and how much is he affected conditioning wise, and how he's able to hold up. That's a really important spot that you know you take for granted a lot of the times. That if he is not right, if he's not right in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. You wonder if that's going to impact the game. I mean, if if somebody comes flying out around the backside and, and gets a hit in on Josh Allen, that maybe he wouldn't in a normal situation with a healthy Deion Dawkins. I mean, that's a concern, right? Yeah, it's absolutely a concern. Listen, we saw him in the preseason when he played. He looked good. He looked the part. But that was not a full four quarters. That was not every single snap of a game. Uh, regular season's obviously a different beast, and they do have a pass rush in Pittsburgh that can cause some disruptions that can get to Josh Allen. So Deion Dawkins needs to be on top of his game. And and the videos that you like you referenced, you know, that's all encouraging signs. But Buffalo has to make sure that they feel comfortable with Dawkins late in that game. If not, maybe you have to keep an extra blocker back, whether that's using Gilliam as a blocker in the backfield, uh, using some of those backs, because Buffalo's two starting running backs are pretty solid blockers to their credit. They, they just have to make sure that they keep Josh Allen upright because that is going to be obviously one of the keys to winning this game and advancing far into the 2021 season. All right, I gave my pick, Ryan Talbot, 34-17. Bills get it done. I, I, I anticipate Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley having a huge game. Josh Allen being able to, to get some things done with his arm, probably with his legs as well. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sneaky, nice fantasy game for Devin Singletary. 
I think he can maybe uh, get a touchdown or two in this game as well, a rushing, maybe a receiving touchdown. But I think the Bills offense is going to soar in this game. What do you got? Yeah, you know, we've been working together too long because we had the same record in the predictions. I had the same score for the Bills. I have 34-24 Buffalo over Pittsburgh in, uh, you know, a pretty high-scoring affair. I just think that the defense creates one or two turnovers that, like I said earlier, the Bills get to pull away a little bit late. That's when Singletary gets to shine, and the Bills can kind of run out the clock on the game. You got a pick, Sarah? I do. I have the Buffalo Bills winning 28-14. to I'm excited to see Bills Mafia in its full glory on Sunday. It's going to be an awesome time. We are going to have you covered from kickoff to the final whistle and then all the way through on Sunday of the post-game edition of Shout, reacting to everything that happened, bringing you our analysis. Uh, I'll be at Highmark Stadium. Uh, Ryan uh, will be joining us as well. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the program. It has been fun having you. you. Um, Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Are you hosting a large party this weekend? I would imagine most of you are if you're not going to or you're probably going to be at the big party at Highmark Stadium probably as well. But if you're staying home, check out Topps' huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless and affordable, no stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit TopsMarkets.com forward slash fantasy food ball. F-O-O-D-B-A-L-L. All right, we're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll have coverage from the stadium tomorrow. I will be out there. Sean McDermott's final press conference. Three days away from the opener. Take care, everyone.